Lost and Found. We're continuing on in this uh, series, but Lost and Found. Have you ever found loose change in places? Have you found loose change in places? The, the, probably the, the place that's found the most in our household, two places in our household, is in the washing machine or dryer, and then also our couches. <laughs> Those two places. And the thing is, is that if you do a laundry, you kind of get paid back with a little tip because there are quarters rolling around or whatever. And so, you know, it's like, oh, look at that. Go. You know, and so if I did the laundry, it's like, all right, got paid. Did vacuuming around the couches and inside the cushions. It's like, whoa, look at that. All right, some change. Good. Cool. The thing is, if our kids knew about this when they did the chores, maybe the chores around the house wouldn't be so hard to have them do if they knew they'd be getting money if they... Look for the change. You might find some gold there, whatever. Did you know that there are rules for finding a penny? Did you know that? I, I looked it up, uh, just researching some things, and found the, came across some rules about finding a penny. Uh, of course, there's the rhyme. Find a penny, pick it up, then all day you'll have good luck. Did you hear this part, though? Give it to a faithful friend, then your luck will never end. It's a little addition there I never knew about. But apparently, it, this kind of goes back uh, about uh, finding a penny and the real stuff like that. Folklore has it that the metals, such as copper, were considered gifts from gods, gifts from the gods. And therefore, when a metal object ran, randomly appeared in one's life, such as a copper coin, it was believed that the gods placed the object there in order to protect the finder from evil. And in ancient Ireland and parts of northern Europe, it was once believed that pennies belonged to fairies, leprechauns, and pixies. And when one found a penny during this time period, the person was instructed to spit on the ground where the penny once lay. Then the coin was to be tossed into nearby foliage or bushes so the little creatures could have it. <laughs> it, was, it was further believed that when the little creatures witnessed a human doing this, they would provide this person much luck and fortune. I kind of think that the town needed to keep the place clean and wanted un unwanted coins just removed out of the way into the bushes, maybe. <laughs> That's probably maybe the ulterior motive maybe on that one. But, but the rules, there are rules and when you find a penny. A penny found tails up, should be turned over and left for another person to find. Did you know that? Did you know that? This promotes, and, and again from this web, website, this promotes good karma for both the person who turns the penny over and the person who finds the heads-up penny. All right. And if you see a penny tails up, do not flip it to the heads-up side for someone else. Bad luck will befall you. So you, it, the reverse, it's going it, to come upon you apparently too. And if you see a person drop a penny, you must return it to them if it lands heads-up. Otherwise, you're attempting to steal their luck. And if the penny lands head down, then it is your job to flip it over, then uh, therefore changing your fate, the dropper's fate, and the ultimate fate of the finder. So all good, all good. But do not flip a found tails up penny, wait five seconds, and then pick it up for, for your own good luck. It doesn't work that way, apparently. <laughs> you can't do it on your own. And when you do find a heads-up penny, it must go on in or to a place of significance rather than your wallet or pocket. Did you know that? Increasing the chances that this area of your life will flourish 
or increase. So there, that's why you probably weren't flourishing in that area. I didn't put all those as a pennies. And bits of wisdom for grooms and brides, of course, uh, regarding the wearing of a penny on one's wedding day. And maybe Maddie and Ivan might be hearing this. But put a penny wrapped in paper and keep it to avoid your debtors. <laughs> so you can do that. Or, of course, there's something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue, and a lucky penny in the shoe. Yeah, all that fun stuff. And also, too, if that wasn't enough, there is apparently a National Lucky Penny Day. It's on May 23rd in about a month, so you are prepared and ready to go. You've got the rules. You are ready to go when this day comes. <laughs> How many times have you, have you seen pennies on the floor of your car or maybe the bottom of the washing machine or just lying on the sidewalk? And you look at that and you go, well, just a penny isn't worth the effort to pick it up. And actually, some people have looked at that and said, yeah, that's kind of right, because if you look at the time, you know, how much you get per hour, you're paid per hour, and if you take the time to bend over and pick it up, how much is that uh, five seconds worth in your, your pay scale, and your salary, and is it worth it to pick up the penny? And some are saying no, because you get paid more to do other things than to pick up a penny. But uh, others, though, they do go ahead and pick it up, and, and it adds up. In truth, we are very wrong, though, in our judgment regarding the worth of that lone little penny. If you took the time to pick up each penny you found in a short time, you would have a dollar, then two dollars, then ten dollars, and etc. Benjamin Franklin said it well, a penny saved is a penny earned, and he was absolutely right. When we reach down and save just a single penny from disuse, we have earned ourselves something that has the potential to contribute something of value to our lives as well. And in this illustration in Scripture, we're going to look at in Luke 15, Jesus tells the story of a woman who lost one coin. And instead of just shrugging her shoulders and walking away, she went about the process of finding that coin and restoring it to its proper place. This illustration, as well as the illustrations of the lost sheep and of the lost son, are designed to teach us that God sees the value in every single individual. Every person has value in God's eyes. For instance, in the illustration of the lost sheep, the shepherd was looking for just one out of a hundred. In the story of the lost silver that we're going to look at here, the woman is looking for one out of ten. And in the illustration of the lost son, the prodigal son that we're going to look at next week, the father is looking for one out of two. In the story of the lost sibling, we're going to conclude our uh, series here on, the father goes to him one-on-one. -on -one. So it, it goes from broad right on down to the one person. It, God looks at you and says, you matter to me. I want you back. I want you with me. I want you in a relationship with me. So we continue our series here on the God's lost and found department, found in Luke chapter 15. If you haven't turned there yet, we're going to land there and Verses, uh, I believe, 8 through 10. And, uh, and I want us to see why this woman attached such value to just one coin and why she went to such lengths to ensure that it was restored to its proper place. Now, there are some reasons why all of this happened and are revealed to us in, in the illustration of the lost silver. Let me read that portion of Scripture to you real quick as we get into this um, looking at the, this portion of Scripture and seeing what God has for us today. Starting with verse 8 in Luke chapter 15. 
Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So the first thing we see here in this portion of Scripture is that the silver was invaluable. The silver was invaluable. In that day, married women wore a headband that was made, of, made up of coins strung together and kind of dangling around on a headband. These coins were typically given to the bride by her father when she was married. And this headband served several functions in the life of the married woman of that time. It declared her status as a married woman. It told other men that she was unavailable. And it served the same, it served the same purpose as, as our wedding ring does today. I'm unavailable. I am married. And, and so that headband... Guys would see that and notice that right away. Also, uh, those coins declared her independence as well. They were a constant reminder to her, to her husband, that if he divorced her, she was able to make a fresh start because she had some income right there, some funds right there. She might be his wife, but she could make it without him. And this one coin was the equivalent of one day's wages. So evidently, she and her husband were very poor because she only possessed 10 coins. Many wealthy women wore headbands comprised of dozens of coins. And it was used also, too, to identify sinful women. See, when a woman had been guilty of unfaithfulness, a coin was sometimes removed from her headband to tell everyone who saw her that she was an adulteress. In other words, these coins were there to bring glory to the bride. As long as that coin was, uh, was missing, her beauty was marred and incomplete. With this in mind, it's easy to see why the loss of one coin was enough to cause this woman to fly into action, to find it, needed to find it right away. And that coin was precious to this woman. And that's why she gets so worked up over it. But it had absolutely no value at all while it was lost. It was good for nothing. It couldn't adorn her head. It couldn't, it couldn't grace her life. It couldn't be used to provide the essentials of life. It was useless as long as it was lost. That's why it was imperative, it was imperative for, for that to be found. It was just one piece of silver, but it was worth everything to this woman. The silver was out of place and out of service. And of course, the object of this parable is to teach the value of one sinner to the Lord. You see, like that lost silver, people were not created to live lives of sin and disobedience to the Lord. God made man for one purpose, for His own glory. Scripture tells us in Isaiah 43, verse 7, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made, uh, also, too, when God made man, He made him in His image. In Genesis chapter 1, then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And He made man for fellowship as well. 
so that he could walk with, with man in the cool of the Garden of Eden. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. So that happened on a, a, a reoccurring basis. And when man sinned, he became a lost soul. His sin separated, from the, separated him from the presence of God. And again, Genesis chapter 3 tells us about that. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. Also, too, in Isaiah 59 tells us about this, this same thing. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that, you, so that he will not hear. So a life lived for the Lord is a beautiful and powerful thing. But a lost life is lost. <laughs> it's not able to be used by God. It filled an important place in her life, this coin did. And the problem is that it was lost. But see, a life that was lost is, once it's found, is found and restored to its proper place by the power of God. And that life can be all God designed it to be in the first place, when it's restored back into relationship with God. This woman, though, her life couldn't be complete until she had found that coin that she had lost. And God is, is complete with or without you and me. We, we don't complete Him. But when we are saved by His grace, and filled with His Spirit, and used for His glory, we serve the function of adorning the Lord and bringing glory to His name. That's what we've been created to do, <laughs> bring glory to Him. So the search, search continues. The search was intense. The search was intense. Have you ever searched from, for something really intensely? Maybe there were keys that you had lost and you're looking around the house. I got to get to my appointment. I got to get to work. I got to take the kids to school. Whatever. I got to come to church. <laughs> I'm going to be late. And you're looking around for the keys. You can't find them. You tear everything apart. I've, I've been there before. I've seen it happen as well, too. <laughs> and uh, it can be pretty intense, searching for something that you need to find right now. But when this woman realizes that a coin has been lost, she springs into action to see that it is restored. See, to her, it's a valuable thing. She lights a light, begins to move things about, and to sweep and search the house until the coin is found. She had a will to find it, and she worked to find it. And then in the end, she won because she found it. She kept looking. That coin was lost in the darkness. Houses in that day had no windows. It was lost in the dirt. Houses in that day had the dirt floors, of course. It was lost in disuse. A lost coin cannot be used, of course. And it was lost in the dwelling. It was lost right in that house, right there. What a picture that coin is of men who do not know the Lord. Lost men are in darkness. They may be brilliantly intellectually speaking. Brilliant intellectually speaking. They may have all the smarts going on. But spiritually, they are blind. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 talks about that. 
The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. They are all lost. They're all lost in the black darkness of <clears throat> this spiritual ignorance. They don't know their condition and they don't know what they need until they are sought after by the Lord. Ephesians chapter 2 talks about that. The first verse, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. That's where you were. John chapter 6, verse 44 says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. So lost men are in darkness. Lost men are also in the dirt. <laughs> They're in the dirt. When a coin was stamped, it was stamped with the image of the ruler on that coin. When a coin was lost in the dirt, the image of the ruler on that coin would be hidden. It would be marred. So it is with lost men. They were made in the image of God, but that image has been marred, and they need to be cleansed so that, that the image of the Lord may be restored. If you don't think men are dirty, just look at our world. <laughs> Humankind, we have an awful dirt issue. Man needs someone to reach into the dirt of his life, lift him out, clean him up. Humankind tends, to, tends towards dirt. Just fail to bathe for several days and see what I mean. <laughs> when we were on our choir tour, there was uh, some people who didn't bathe, <laughs> and you could tell, especially when they were up there together, close-knit close in their choir formation and singing. And that happened uh, some, uh, occasionally in those, those choir tours. <clears throat> but the thing is, um, human, humankind tends towards dirt. We get dirty. We get into things. We, we cause ourselves to get grimy in, in today's world. And we need the intervention of the Lord to cleanse us and make us whole again. Not only are lost men in the dirt, but lost men are also in disuse. Just like that coin. The coin was lost, and so it became unusable. And just as a lost coin is unusable, so is a lost life. It must be cleansed, restored, before the Lord can use it for His glory again. And also, too, lost men are everywhere, even in the dwelling, as that coin was. I've I found lost coins in my car. I found lost coins in, in our house as well. A number, a number of them, of course, the two in the street. But the same is true with lost people. They may be found everywhere, even in the house of the Lord, even within church families. I recall with the training with the Evangelism Explosion and going then to, uh, this is at Labish Center, going to the church then and trying to figure out how we're going to convey this message of the gospel and do I guess we got to start here at the church and and so we visited people and thinking well especially some of some of the trips going to people's homes and thinking oh this is this this person knows the lord this person is going to be fine and all but there's some times where we met up with them and and maybe it just wasn't they they weren't they weren't sure how to articulate that they were saved, that they had a relationship with Christ. You see, because with the Evangelist Explosion, there are two questions that are asked. 
in this. The first question that helps you in all this is, uh, have you come to the place in your spiritual life where you know for certain that if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven? So do you know that if this was your last day, if this was your last breath and you were to die, do you know if you'd be going to heaven or not? And so with that first question, if you get a yes or a no, you kind of figure out where you can go to from there. And some people were, if they gave a yes, they're like, yeah, I'm sure. But maybe they weren't quite sure why. Because that's what the second question asks. Second question, then after you ask that first question, second question is more of, uh, so let's say you were to die today and stand before God, and He were to ask you, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you tell Him? Why should you be let into heaven? And so in those two questions, a lot of times we found people who would say yes to the first question, yes, I'm saved, but then they'd go, well, because I've been a good person. I've gone to church. (laughs) Uh, My parents were Christians. So all of that, you know, okay, sounds good, but really that's not going to get you to heaven. There are some who would say, uh, no, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to be going to heaven. And then at, upon the second question being asked, then they'd say, well, you know, I got Jesus Christ in my heart. I've received him as, a, as, my, uh, as my Savior. And <laughs> we're like, okay. So there was some confusion going on at times. Some people wouldn't... Uh, weren't sure, others weren't sure how to articulate it. So the thing is, is that lost people are everywhere. We can't just assume that someone knows the Lord and is, is you know, following Him. And, or maybe it's just a, an issue of trying to articulate that faith and being able to ask those questions or somehow be able to talk about spiritual things with people. Then they kind of get an idea in their mind and they go, oh, wait, maybe I... I didn't receive Christ as my Savior. Or maybe I didn't, so I just need assurance. And so there's a lot of different things that happen when, when we would go calling on people uh, in that situation. But we did find that there were some people within the church that had gone to church all their life, that been there forever, that they didn't actually have a relationship with Christ. <laughs> it's like, okay, um, you got to fix this. <laughs> you got to give your life to the Lord in this way and let Him be your Savior and Invite him into your heart. So when this coin goes missing, this woman sets about the business of finding it. And she makes up her mind to do whatever it takes to find her lost coin. And that's just what she does. She lights a light, moves the furniture around, sweeps the floor, and looks everywhere for her lost coin. And she does not stop until she has found it. And in this, she is a a picture of God. He has done everything that is necessary for the salvation of lost people. God has done it. He's... He's provided a way. (laughs) Everyone, not just those people outside the church, everyone within the church as well, too, who do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. He loves them. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, God demonstrated His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In Jeremiah 31, 3, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. And He provided a perfect salvation, as Acts 16 uh, demonstrates. And and then, of course, in verse 31, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your whole household. And that's the area. That's that's the point we need to realize. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. (laughs) He gave His Son to pay the redemption price as well in 1 Peter chapter 1. 
For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Jesus Christ paid that price. And He calls men to come to Him as well too. Matthew chapter 11, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. So He calls us to Himself. And when they come, He saves them completely. He has a perfect plan to save lost people. And He is the, he is the hound of heaven that's going to be coming after you if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. We may wonder why this woman went to all this trouble over one coin. We spend more than a day's, wages, day's wage on a, on a room for vacation. <laughs> or we blow that much on junk from time to time. Her reason was that this one coin was of immeasurable value, value to her. She was willing to do anything to see it restored. To her, one coin had tremendous value. And when it comes to people, we live in a society that places little value on individual, on human life. You see it all around you. From the cradle to, to the end of life, it, there's no value. Think of child abuse, abortion, or the fact that we, uh, euthanasia as well, getting rid of the old people because they're just no good anymore. They're just a burden. And also, too, if you look at it in the way of uh, just being a number, your social security number, uh, or that inspector number 12 of your clothing, right, or your uh, item. But from God's perspective, every person has value. Every person has value. All lives matter. And for that, we praise God. Because God sees that. We praise His name that He saw value in you. He saw value in me. Value enough to be able to say, you care to me. I value you and you need to have a relationship with me. Because you're not going to get very far without it. He loves those who are lost. And He labors to find them and save them. Regardless of who you are, the Lord loves you and He sees value in your life. He will save you, He will cleanse you, He will change you and use you if you will come to Him by faith. And then also, too, finally, the success was indescribable. The success was indescribable. When this woman found that coin, she retrieved it and she restored it to its proper place. And just as that coin couldn't lift itself out of the darkness and out of the dirt and out of the, out of the disuse it was in, neither can lost men deliver himself. You can't pick yourself up spiritually. God does that. God provides that way. When the Lord comes to the lost sinner, He releases him from his darkness, removes him from his dirt, and redeems him from his disuse. Just do a, a, another reading this afternoon in Ephesians chapter 2, and you'll be so encouraged about that. But this was a cause for rejoicing. So she called her friends. She called her neighbors. 
all together and said, hey, let's have a party. This is great news. I found the coin that was lost. And they began to rejoice. What a happy day it was for, for this woman. And then verse 10 in this portion of Scripture in Luke 15 makes the transition to heaven. We are told that there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of, of God over one sinner that repents. Heaven gets excited when a lost one is found. <laughs> and why? Because something of value has been restored to its proper place. God is glorified. A soul misses hell. <laughs> That's, that which was unusable is available for the master's use. That which was dirty, made ugly by sin, is clean and beautiful by the grace of God. It's a glorious day when, when a lost person is saved by the grace of God. Nothing honors him like a soul being saved. I can recall moments as a counselor at camps, youth camps, junior high camps, as well as a, a staff person at Camp Tillicum for a number of summers there while in college. Bringing the message of Christ to these kids and seeing them choose Christ, receive Him as Savior. Wow, what an experience. Maybe you also too recall moments where you've prayed with someone to receive Christ as Savior. You've been there when they've prayed that prayer, whether at the altar or, or somewhere else. At that moment, didn't it just cause your heart to just rejoice? Because <laughs> heaven was rejoicing. Big old party was going on for that person. And also, too, in 1986, August 12th, the big old party was going on when this person went to the altar and received Christ as my Savior. If there's a final word, it is this. And it's more than just one word. God is interested in what others think is worthless. God is interested in what others think is worthless. I'm going to keep that up there so you can look at that for a while while I talk. Because you might need to hear this. You might need to read that over and over again. Because I'm thinking maybe the world has kind of pressed in on you, hammered you down, and called you worthless. Maybe people around you have responded to you in such a way in doing that, trying to indicate that you're of no value. God is interested in what others think is worthless. He doesn't care what you may think about your own worth. He doesn't care what others may think about your worth. He looks at you through His eyes of love and grace and sees you as, as being worthy of His Son. If you are like that coin, lost in darkness, lost in the dirt, and all the disuse of your sin, I invite you to come to the, to the Lord this morning. An opportunity to be found. You might even be lost in the dwelling this morning. A regular tender, maybe, but never saved. You need to come to Jesus. He is still seeking and saving that which is lost. And the, if, if there is a need or if there is just a praise in your heart this morning for the day He lifted you out of your darkness, out of your dirt, out of your disuse of your sin... 
And the day you can give Him praise. Thanking Him for what He's done. You see, to God, there is value in your life. No matter where you're at. God sees value in you and He wants you back. (laughs) He wants you in a relationship with Him. Because He knows what's best. He knows that this is what is best for you. So where do you land? Where are you at this morning? What has the Holy Spirit been speaking to you about? And what do you need to respond to in obedience? I'm going to bring the worship team on up. They're going to lead us in the last couple songs. But as they do, let me pray. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would just continue to be with each person here today. And and Lord, your message that has come to us today, uh, if there are people here today that just... They don't know you, they've heard of you, but they're still, they're still marred and scarred by, by this world and going in the wrong direction. Lord, I pray that you would help them see that you're there, to, you're searching for them, you're, you're wanting them back, you're wanting them in relationship with you. And it's through your Son, Jesus Christ, And God, I pray that you would remind each one here today that they're just a prayer away and being able to be cleaned up spiritually and being able to be cleaned up in a relationship with you. Maybe, Lord, there's someone here today who's been a regular attender, been coming. Maybe those who are online have attended with us here throughout the many months. But maybe they just haven't made that decision to receive you as Savior. The day could be the day of salvation for them. And I pray, Lord, that you would impress on our hearts that if we've never, we've never prayed to receive you as Savior, we've never made a decision like that, today is the day that we can make that decision through prayer. Maybe today also, too, there's some of us today that are walking in the Lord, being blessed and, and encouraged. Lord, I pray that you just continue to challenge each one of them to be reminded that uh, a big, big price was paid for their sin. And help us all, Lord, to be grateful for what you have done for us. So grateful that we would live our lives as a thank offering to you. So, Lord, I pray that as we sing these songs coming up, that you would just continue to minister to our hearts. And if we need to come to the altar and pray, the altar is open. But wherever, Lord, you might even meet us right where we're at too as well. Just help us, Lord, to respond in obedience for what you have for us today. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.